Justin Trudeau, is he ready for the prime time of the campaign that's almost set to begin? Does his plan need tweaking? Is he stumbling? A lot of those types of questions are now being asked. Andrew, Chantel and Bruce are all in the house tonight, hopefully with some answers on this. <laughs> what do we think here? I mean, this is all comes along at the same time as the NDPs are supposedly surging, and that seems to be the case in, in every survey you read. But in also in every survey you read, it appears the Liberals are slipping. Yeah. So does something have to happen here? I think there's, a, at times like this, a council of patience and taking the long view is well in order. I can remember when Stephen Harper was never going to be elected prime minister, when Jean Chrétien was never going to be elected prime minister. This is the longest election campaign in the history of the country. There's going to be many, many more innings to play. But there's no doubt they have lost a lot of steam since last September. Uh, I think they're, they're in a little bit of a, a trouble right now because I think a lot of their game plan originally was to try and steal center-right voters from the Tory, people who were fed up with all of the shenanigans and the high-handedness. It, of late, they seem to have paled on that. Maybe they think that, that the security scare, et cetera, has kind of driven those voters back in the conservative camp, and they seem to be tilting after um, NDP votes right now. When you're going back and forth and like that, you're going to look very uncertain, and it's going to hurt you. So he's trying to have it both ways. What about you? Oh, I'll try to have it both ways, too. <laughs> Part of the reason... Well, first, because I remember, and you do, too, that at this exact same time, Jean Chrétien was a, a, a pastist prime leader who was going to get eaten alive by Kim Campbell. It was surging in the polls, mm. and that was the end of that. Uh, and six months later, so I am not ready to uh, say... that that there is a dead horse amongst the three leaders. But I was never ready to say that Thomas Mulcair, with all of the strengths that he exhibited, was not going to be uh, competitive in the election. So in part, yes, Justin Trudeau may be slipping in the polls because Thomas Mulcair is a strong leader, but that is the nature of the beast. Will it change over time? Uh, I, I don't think the bigger loss to them is that they've lost the center-right voters, uh, whoever they may be, I think the bigger loss to them is the argument that they had counted on that, and that the Post sustained that they were the alternative. If you really wanted to get rid of Stephen Harper, they were the choice, even if you liked the NDP. The polls now have, have demolished uh, that narrative, and they will have to fight for their votes on their own strengths, but they do have strengths. I believe none of the three main leaders uh, doesn't have strengths that could make him the next prime minister. Bruce? Well, I certainly think that trying to predict what's going to happen this October, people might as well get out their Ouija boards at home and try to use some method like that. Um, but I think it's fair to say we can learn some of, of um, what's going on from the polls. And probably the most important thing that I think has changed is that for voters who were inclined to want change, voters who wanted to change the government, uh, there was a long period of time where they thought that the person who was the most powerful force for change and who seemed maybe the least risky from a policy standpoint was Justin Trudeau. I think maybe those roles have reversed with Tom Mulcair now, where people have become accustomed to the idea that he's a pretty good uh, pugilist when it comes to taking down Stephen Harper in the House of Commons. And maybe the sense that the NDP is a little bit less risky from a policy standpoint, obviously fueled again by uh, the result in, in Alberta, has created this competitive three-way dynamic. And I think what it really means is that all three parties have to hit the reset button in terms of the strategies that they thought they were going to need uh, from now until October. The NDP unquestionably will be the focus of more and more vigorous attacks from both of the other parties if their momentum 
uh, continues to show the way that it appears to be showing right now. I want to show you a clip that uh, happened in, we were going to show it last week and we kind of ran out of time, but it, it, it happened in the House of Commons last week when the House was sitting between um, the Prime Minister and Justin Trudeau. And it was over the issue of who had the, I guess in, in a way it was over the issue of who had a better tax policy. But there was something that happened in the middle of it. Watch this. single family isn't what is fair. What is fair is giving help to those who need it the most. See what happens when someone goes off script. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, the Prime Minister knows what it's like when you go off script because he's had a few uh, of those happen to him over time. But it was the sense that you were watching something that was, in a way, one of the reasons why some people worry about what could happen in the debates to Justin Trudeau. Yeah, I mean, he didn't say anything wrong. This was a gaffe that wasn't a gaffe. It's a difference of opinion. There's an interesting debate there about should we make these programs universally available. What's fascinating, of course, is we've switched around from the debates in the 80s when it was the left that was in favor of universality and the right that was against it. Now we're gone the other way. But there's clearly a perceived vulnerability, not necessarily in this exact statement, but more in generally, that when he goes off script, he's not uh, necessarily the steadiest... Uh, uh, a speaker, a steadiest leader, and there's no doubt that when they get them in the debates, and with the ability now to clip the debates and show them over and over again, that there's a worry there. I don't think that voters score leaders on the basis of what we just watched. I think there was a lot of inside baseball that we understand, but I think most uh, people who have real jobs would uh, not really know what Stephen Harper meant and why it was so funny, this off-script thing. Uh, I also think that when the prime minister goes off-script, and says it's crazy to have regulations for climate change purposes mm. on the oil industry. He doesn't come across as uh, terribly uh, great either. So I, I, I don't believe that voters make up their minds on the basis of a sting from a, a debate. Uh, and I think that we're making a lot from this. And in doing that, we are disrespecting voters who actually look at a larger picture than we do. I think probably uh, Mr. Trudeau could have said what he wanted to say using better choice of words, but I agree. I don't think that voters really score on that. What I saw in that exchange and a little bit of what followed, it was almost a kind of a chortling on the conservative benches. And if you just played the, the, the clip of the prime minister, um, you could imagine that voters looking at that might say there's a kind of an arrogance, a kind of a disrespect for his opponent in there. I don't want to overstate that one exchange. I don't think it matters much at the end of the day. But from a tone standpoint, if the prime minister really is in a three-way fight, he can't afford to do a lot of that kind of thing. We saw what happened in Alberta to incumbents who look arrogant, and you really have to avoid that. And he's got to be careful not to have his own, uh, you know, gaffes thrown back at him. I mean, there is a reason he uses a teleprompter. Not that I've got anything against teleprompters. <laughs> but there's a reason he uses a teleprompter on a lot of speeches. The difference is he's the known quantity. He's been the prime minister all these years. People love him or hate him, but they know what he is. And they know, you know, generally speaking, people think he's a reasonably solid intellect, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Trudeau, this is, they're trying to obviously play to a, a, a preconceived notion about him. I don't doubt perhaps that that, that line about him going off script was, it, was itself scripted. They probably found in a focus group that maybe that was, that was a perceived weakness, and they'll be hearing on that point. Let me show you something our friend uh, Michael Dentant wrote this week in, uh, in the National Post about Justin Trudeau. He needs to drop the gloves or lace them up, depending on which sports metaphor you prefer, and tackle the conservative narratives head on. Otherwise, he runs the risk of being permanently defined by it, just as Michael Ignatieff and Stéphane Dion were before him. 
Is that where we're at? I mean, he was always, when he came into the leadership, said, you know, I'm not going to let them define me. You know, I'll define myself. But one wonders whether, in fact, he has let them define him and whether, as uh, Michael says, it's time to take the gloves off. Well, the history of opposition leaders who succeed is that usually the longer that they've been on the job, the easier it is for them to avoid being defined. And Justin Trudeau's been there a while, and he hasn't been defined. He hasn't been there for six months. He doesn't have to go in an election as an unknown quantity. Moreover, what has prevented the Conservatives from defining him is not that he hasn't provided them with material. Everybody does. It is that most voters are still convinced that they know Justin Trudeau better than Stephen Harper knows Justin Trudeau. So I, I'm not sure I buy that. I understand that it worked for Stefan Zio and Michael Ignatieff. I think this is a different uh, debate uh, that's going to be played on a different field than those two campaigns. And yes, the prime minister is a known quantity. But over time, that also becomes more of a liability. And just anecdotally, what you hear is it is a bigger liability to be Stephen Harper now than it has ever been since his first campaign when he didn't win. All right. Well, what about in terms of personal strategy, though, for Justin Trudeau? Does something need to be tweaked? Is something being tweaked? I see they... Now, I don't know whether it was a leak or whether it was good investigative journalism, but suddenly the story's out there that he's been practicing debates for months and months. Well, uh... Before I answer the question, I just want to state once again for everybody who doesn't yet know that my daughter uh, works for Justin Trudeau and works particularly in the area of communications uh, with him. Um, I guess my feeling is that it, it's no surprise to me, uh, not because of any inside knowledge, that he's practicing for the debates. I, I think that, you know, it would be a surprise to me if they all weren't doing that. I, I do think that... But they that put it out. They put it out there, right? It, uh, it somehow got somebody out. Somebody put it out there. Right. Somehow it got out. But the... Uh, but there must have been a reason to get it out, is my point, that they're trying to show that, you know, he's working on it, he's ready, it's, he's it's, pumped. It's, it's fascinating, I'll, I'll shut up a second, but it's fascinating from the expectations business. Yeah. On the one hand, you say, well, wasting. You shouldn't be talking about that because you're raising expectations he's going to do well. On the other hand, are they putting it out there so people think, well, he has to prepare so hard because he's such a lousy debater. Right. <laughs> well, if they right. put it out there, I would expect, I've expected more people to take up on the initial story, and it, it died very quickly. It did die very quickly. Well, it doesn't but look Bruce, to me like it has a, any particular news value, but that maybe that's just me. Uh, I guess I think that what Mr. Trudeau has to do, and, and I interpreted Michael Dantan's uh, column a little bit differently. I, I, certainly, if there's an implication in it, that they should panic. I don't think anybody should panic in the situation they're in. I think this is exactly when the coolest head should prevail because there's a long race yet to run and there's a lot of, uh, of plays that will, will happen. Um, but Mr. Trudeau does need to find his share of voice again. Um, I'm not so sure that what he did is lose it by doing some combination of things that were disadvantageous to him, but he doesn't have the share of voice that he had six months ago or 12 months ago. And part of that, I think, is the NDP win in Alberta has given a lot more oxygen to that party. And, um, and that's going to continue to be a challenge for him. So what has he got to do? He probably does have to be more of a pugilist uh, than he has been, whether he wanted to do that or not. If those voters who want Stephen Harper out of office know one thing, they probably know that it's going to take somebody who's willing to, to throw a punch um, and a number of punches. And so that may be some role that Mr. Trudeau needs to take on that he hasn't taken on, but not from a position of panic, as I would say. I'm not so sure I agree. I, I think if it gets into a fight of who can be the angriest, nastiest, down and dirty, he can't win that fight. No, uh, that, no. That's, you know, that's, that's uh, Tom uh, Mulcair is your man in that case. 
I think there's what's going on is people, there was a profound fatigue with the prime minister eight or nine months ago. People were tired of this kind of nasty, scowling type of politics. I think with the security scare and the, you know, sending ISIS, the, the armed forces against ISIS, I think a lot of people said, okay, he may be a tough guy, you know, kind of nasty, but at least he's nasty for us. I think if that, does, if that mood dissipates, if people are less, if, if terrorism and war is not in their face all the time, maybe that mood will shift back again. We're tired of this kind of negativity. We're tired of this nastiness, in which case Trudeau can benefit from that. I've got 30 seconds left. you got a closing thought on well, that? Well, we just spent 10 minutes talking about Justin Trudeau. It's the conservative budget that has failed to lift them in the polls. They're back down. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the conservatives that should be thinking that the NDP is possibly a threat to them now. It was always a threat to the Liberals. So the focus is kind of interesting, but I'm not sure Justin Trudeau is the only person who needs to rethink. No, uh, you know, and last week we talked about the NDP and the, the surge. This week we talked about the Liberals, and uh, gee, I wonder who we'll talk about next week. But uh, the fact is, the, all the different surveys we see, as much as we don't like to, <laughs> to talk about oh, the no P word often, is, is it, it, it truly seems to show that anything could happen here. Yeah. You know, a few months out from the election, so it, it's going to be three-way uh, race. So it's all three good. Three-way race, so it's all good. Makes it exciting for Maybe us. We'll have a Ouija board here, and we will. We'll bring that. In. Well, this is kind of shaped like a Ouija board, sort of. <laughs> Thank you all.